This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. You are strong. Say amen. You are not a weak person. You are not a weak Christian. The Bible says when God led them out of Egypt, there was none feeble among them. We have the strength of Christ in us. Do not be among Christians who are looking for power. The Holy Ghost lives in you. Hallelujah. That's why we share God's word. To teach us how to let what is inside us come out. Mm. Okay. So let's read 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10. The Bible says to another. Let's read together. Prophecy. Hallelujah. So how many gifts are listed in 1 Corinthians 12? Just a recap. We started from there. How many gifts? Okay. So how many are in this verse? Now they are counting. Is it five you have your four? Who is sure? <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have five listed in verse 10. God bless you. Can have your seat. Thank you. But we'll be talking about prophecy. And again, I want to share something with us about three out of what is listed here. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. And to another, the signing of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. When it comes to the gift of the Spirit, two things are very important, which we begin to look at walking in love and praying in tongues. Now, I explained to you that there is a difference between the gift of tongues and the prayer language of tongues. Can you remember that? Gift of tongues is one of the nine gifts. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. Remember that all the gifts, the Bible said the spirit gives as it wills. And the Bible says to one, word of wisdom. To another, word of knowledge. To another, gift of faith. So the Holy Spirit gives different gifts to different people. And one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives is tongues. But I just want to buttress the fact that tongues here is different from tongues as a prayer language. First Corinthians chapter 14. Follow after charity. That charity is not the name of your sister. <laughs> That's another name for love, for agape love. Follow after love and desire. Never join people to say, you know, if God wants to use me, he will use me. No. You have a role to play. The things of the Spirit are too expensive to be given to somebody that is casual about them. He said, I will pour water on a dry and a thirsty land. If you show no desire, you will not walk in them. I get what I'm saying. The Lord satisfies only souls that are longing for him. Okay. All right. There might have been one or two fellows that never look for it. And God, we can't box God. But generally speaking, you, you do well to obey the Bible. The Bible says you should desire. Don't be neutral about it. Don't be, you know, if God wants it to happen. No. The Bible says you should desire it. The word desire is actually covet. Which is another word for lust after it. Like you lost after a lady. Convert the spiritual gift. Now the Bible says, but rather that you may prophesy. 
So the Bible is saying that you should desire to prophesy. And if you have been following me, you begin to understand why. Some mountains are only leveled by prophecies. Next verse. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not to men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Hey. When you study the Bible, you have to ask questions. No man understands him. Is that true? On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came down, they spoke in tongues. People around understood them. Is that true? No, I need, I need you to answer. Don't be quiet. See, don't come to church and keep quiet. You know, like... <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I hear amen? Be free to answer even if you are wrong. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came down, did people understand them? Let's go to Acts chapter 2 and look at that. That verse, the Bible said that and people from that every man heard them speaking in his own language. Go down. Can you please leave the fans alone? You are distracting me. Thank you. Go down, down, down. Um, no, when they were speaking, just go to verse 14 or 13. So just go down, down, down. Amen. Yeah. Go to 12. Let's start from 12. Or is it? And they were all amazed. Let's start from 10 so that we can understand what's happening here. These are the names of the people hearing their language. Let's start from 8. Where do we start from 7? <laughs> Let's start from 8. <laughs> from 8. And how hear we every man in our own tongue where they were born? Let's start from 6. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, when this was noise abroad, <laughs> let's start from four. <laughs> well, I'm going to enjoy that verse 12, but it's important that I, I'm just conscious of people might not. We must not assume that everybody knows the Bible and everybody and somebody just be getting born again. And, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Actually, we should have read the <laughs> But uh, <laughs> Because if we only want to show what's happening, we have to read. Let, let's start from verse 1. <laughs> and on the day, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. One accord is important for the full of, for the move of the Spirit. But that's not what we are talking about today. Those who are, anyway, hallelujah. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rush, rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them, clothing tongues like as of fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And what happened? As the Spirit who gave them all trance. So they did not know this language they were speaking. The Spirit enabled them to begin to say some things. Now when they started speaking, next verse, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven, including Nigeria. Nigerians were there that day. And trust us, we know the kind. We are everywhere. Now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and they were confounded, confused. Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. That day, somebody heard the Jesha. Somebody heard Irobo. Because the Bible says people from all nations, and the Bible does not exaggerate, all nations of the earth. Maybe the then nations then, we don't know how many nations there were on at that time, but at that time, every nation was represented. You know why? God is not a partial person. That's why the Bible says that Acts 10 34, God is not a respecter of person, but in every nation, everyone that fears him, God likes to be to create a witness to all nations that no nation will be left behind. So God so much waited. Now, Jews went to other nations that time. And then, on the day of Pentecost, Jews will come back from all nations back to Jerusalem for worship. So God waited for, and many of them would have converted people from other nations, and they will be telling them that, you see, you need to get Jerusalem. Like people do pilgrimage up to now. 
They will say, you need to go to Jerusalem. You need to see what's going on in Jerusalem. That when the Pentecost comes, I will buy you a flight ticket to go to Jerusalem. So God waited for the day that the whole world assembled. Some nations, only two people represented them. But surely all nations then were there. And then the Holy Ghost came down. And the Bible says, that also God was saying at the end of time that the gospel will reach every nation on earth. So he made sure all nations were represented. And then the Bible said that they began to hear them. They heard them speak in his own language, every man. Next verse. And they were amazed, saying to one another, Are these not all who speak English or Yoruba? How come they are suddenly speaking Spanish? Speaking Latin, Latin and all other languages. What God did, that this one is a gift of tongue given to them on that day to communicate and be a witness to people around. So, men around understood what they were saying. What were they saying? Go down. Verse 8. We hear every man where we were born. Next verse. And they mention, next verse. Next verse. That's the answer. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So, as they were saying, people around were hearing them saying, in the Jesha language, I don't speak Igbo, but I can speak a bit of Hausa, but not too, because I serve the not. Everybody was, so somebody was speaking Spanish, somebody was speaking, and everybody, but the common thing was that, regardless of the language anyone was speaking, what they were saying was to give thanks to God. They were all talking about the wonderful things of God and all men understood what they were saying. But in 1 Corinthians 14, Apostle Paul said, no man understands anyone that is speaking in tongues. This is what has made some people in the uh, traditional older churches, they have said that some are given ability to speak in tongues, but not everybody. Everyone that was not baptized, the only go you can be baptized today. It takes less than four minutes. Because you begin to see where Paul started talking about first Corinthians 14. So Paul said that this one, so that tells that there are two things. There is a tongue that when you speak, God can let people understand. There is another type of tongue that no man understands what you are saying. Did you get that one? There is even another manifestation where we can be worshipping. Now that's common after a worship. All of us are quiet. Somebody just burst out in tongues. That's the one that Paul said must be interpreted. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's actually the gift of tongue. I hope I'm helping somebody watch or somebody here. That's actually the gift of tongue. Not everybody does. I don't even do that publicly. If I have never done it before. That in a public worship and I receive unction to pray in tongues and then somebody needs to interpret them. I say, it doesn't happen to me. But I've been in a meeting where I'm ministering and somebody will just but you can tell that the person is giving a message in tongue. Paul said two things. If there is no interpreter, then tell the person to stop talking. Because what the person is saying is actually prophecy, but it has to be decoded. We will see it in a while now. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not to men. But on that day, they were speaking to men. So that shows that it's not talking about that one. God gave them that special manifestation that day as a witness to the people. So understand that there is the gift of tongue and there is a, everybody in each other must understand what I'm saying. That there is a gift of tongue and there is a prayer language of tongues. Did you get that? Yes, sir. The gift of tongue, prayer language. You might not have the gift of tongue, but you should have the prayer language you pray in tongues. I want to be sure. Did you get what I've just said now? Yes, sir. Okay. You will understand a little more now. For no man understanding, how be it in the spirit, it does what? Say it again. Say it again. One of the ways to demystify life is to pray in tongues. Mysteries, spiritual things are mysterious to a man who does not pray in tongues. The Bible says when you begin to pray in tongues, you are speaking what is called mysteries. 
Let's read further. But he that prophesied speaketh unto men. He said, if you pray in tongues, you'll speak to God. If you prophesy, you'll speak to men. And Paul put the two in the chapter down. He said, for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, look at the next verse. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. If you prophesy, you edify the church. But don't you think you need edification? Are you getting what I'm saying? What is edification? It's like building up. Jude one twenty. Show me. Then we come back here. Jude one twenty. That will let you know that God intends that every Christian should speak in tongues. Remember, He said, "He that speaketh in tongues builds up himself." Is that clear? If you speak in tongues, you build up yourself. That's what Paul said. If you prophesy, you build up the church. If you pray in tongues, you build up yourself. But then there is an instruction in the Bible. Beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That means God expects every Christian to build up yourself. And the Bible says, he that prayeth in an unknown land will build it up himself. In fact, Paul even showed, showed it again now. said, praying in the Holy Ghost is the way to build yourself up on your most holy faith. Why should you stay at traditional level of Christianity? Building up on your most holy faith. Once you are born again, you have received a holy faith. It's not enough. You don't stay there. You must build up yourself. And the Bible says, praying in the Holy Ghost. Is praying the Holy Ghost limited to praying in tongues? I will talk about that another day. But surely, a mighty part of it, praying in the Holy Ghost. Listen, don't just pray in tongues in church. Pray in tongues every day, everywhere. And I'm going to let you know something in a while. Remember, the Bible says if you pray in tongues, you speak mysteries. Apostle Paul said, the mysteries that were not made known to other generation, God allowed him, inside our generation, to reveal it. Paul was not there when Jesus was alive physically. But Paul knew more about Jesus than the disciples that were there physically. Is, have you ever thought about that? Paul was the one. Now, Jesus, when he did communion, they all sat around the cooling Judas. He gave them bread and wine. Nobody understood. If Peter was asking a funny question, don't wash my leg, wash my... They did not understand what he was doing. Paul was not on the table that he was not even a Christian that day. Years after that, Paul was the one that said the first chapter 11. He said, that which I receive of the Lord, I deliver to you. That the night that Jesus died, he took communion. What happened was that one of the days, in the, one of the times in the place of prayer, Paul was taken back in the spirit. He sat at that table spiritually. He understood what happened that night that those who were there did not understand. What made Paul this deep? Then he talked about being caught up to heaven. What made Paul this deep? That he wrote to third of New Testament. Demystified Jesus more than those who were there physically. Because Paul said in this first Corinthians 14 where we started, he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Why? He said, if you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. You build up yourself. You can build up yourself to the point that there is no mystery you don't understand. Everything about the spirit realm is actually shredded in mysteries. The Bible says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. In the spirit realm, they love to mystify men. I heard a man of God and it is very true. If you have been caught up in the spirit before, listen to me. In the prophetic, if you come in through this door and you saw everything outside when you were coming in, if you are told to go outside the door, when you open the door, you are going to do something else. The realm of the spirit is so mysterious that it's so confusing. That's how spirits, both negative and positive spirit, all the activities are shredded in mysteries. Yes. That's why there are more revelations in the night than in the day. That darkness, everything. The Bible says God himself dwells in darkness. He surrounds himself with darkness. Yet he is light which no man can approach. Spirit realms are full of mysteries. 
So Jesus said it this way. <laughs> it will shock you. There's nothing you can do about it. It can be annoying. But there's nothing you can do about it. When Jesus, disciples told him that, Lord, the parable, he gave the parable of the sower. What did he say in Matthew 13? He said to you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. He said to other, it's in parable. They said, well, he said so that seeing they will not see. Hearing they will not hear. He said, when they see with their eyes and they hear and they are converted, I will heal them. But we don't want them converted. Can you imagine this is coming from Jesus himself? He said, to you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. He said to others, it's still in the dark. That means the kingdom has mysteries. And they don't want you to know, except you are initiated into it. Is that clear? Yes, I know Jesus is the final authority over every subject matter. So Jesus actually portrays the fact that the kingdom of God operates in, me, in a mysterious way. That mystery, you begin to understand it when you become a man or a woman praying in tongues. Hallelujah. Jesus lives. Somehow, they, the men started knowing that no wonder Paul was strange. A man could beat his chair to tell the old child that I pray in tongues more than you all. That's why I'm writing more than you all. And I, he just said that. That means Paul was praying to every now and then. When you begin to pray in tongues, I, something begins to happen to you. And that's what I've been explaining. Sometimes you get to the point, the tongue changes your mouth to prophecy. What I said that somebody can do, you can, in the prayer language of tongues, if you are consistent with it, the gift of tongues actually will likely be added. Along the line, you are going to speak one day that this is not praying, you just said something. And you know what? Maybe I'll talk about this second service about thought. The interpretation will come in form of a thought or an idea. You can actually know what to are saying in the place of prayer in tongues after a while. That might not happen every day. But you will get to a point where you release an utterance and you know what you have just said now. And when you interpret it, it's equal to prophecy. You are praying, has all of a sudden a tongue come out, lay crossy as you are talking to yourself. Say, about this time tomorrow by 6 p.m., this and this. Let me tell you what's most common. Sometimes I have seen this many times, and I was listening to a man who was talking about the same thing. I'm praying in tongues. Either a name or a picture comes to mind. Some of them, like somebody that I have never spoken to in seven years. By the time I went in the night, by the time I woke up in the morning, I just saw the person say he was looking for me. At times, a name will come. I usually know many times those who are going to call me during the day about some important things. Not just a family call, how are you doing? I want to greet you, know Some important things. Because in the night, I love to pray this. Because they that get drunk, they get drunk in the night. That's what the Bible says. And now we get drunk is to pray in tongues. So there is something about a Christian sitting there in one corner in the night. As the witches are going for their meeting, you're also going for your meeting. Allah. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, yeah. All spiritual activities are taking place. You are just snoring. You wake up 6.30 a.m. Father, he never... The Lord says, son, what is it on? The day started 12.01. You are just coming. People have taken... Even the people have said their own prayer 5.30 in the morning. You are the last to talk. You have a life to release this in the atmosphere. The witches are God, they are back. They, 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 they are taking coffee, breakfast. That's why you are praying. Decrees have been made. Curses have been released. Enchantment released. Sorcery released. They have set the day in the night. And you are just waking up by 6.30 in the morning. I love you, Lord. I said, ah, oh my <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, listen. If you like to pray in the morning, there's nothing wrong. That's not, I just say what I say. It's not a doctrine. All right? So somebody will now go off. I say, Pat, that person wants to pray after 6.30. God will not answer. Well, I didn't say that. And <laughs> if you say that, you're on your own. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is something about commanding your day. One day I will tell you about what is mysterious about praying at 3 a.m., 1 a.m., 3 a.m. Those are strategic times. 
It's not doctrine, but it will help you. Even if it's just 15 minutes or 20, you can now go back to sleep. When people are making decrease in the dark, don't lie down and be sleeping. I just told you now, that I have to know that most of the mysteries happen in the nights. Spiritual transactions, they happen in the nights. That is where mortal activities are reduced. Spirit activities are activated. At least you all are aware that truly don't see ghosts and they see what you don't see. And they back at times. Because in the night, it's a time of spiritual transaction. Jesus walked on water about 4 a.m. in the morning. Something like that. Because they left him and he was at the beginning of the watch or so. And then he walked. I know that they have how many watches in Jewish calendar? Every three hours. Why all these things? If you read Genesis chapter 1, God's day does not start with day. You will never see Genesis chapter 1 and the morning and the you will see and the evening and the morning. Every time. In, and the evening and the morning. And that tells you something. Exactly what you have on your calendar. You have your, your normal kairos. The day starts 12 midnight. The day does not start 12 midday. So what God started is still there. God did not make a mistake by saying that and the evening and the morning. Up till now, a day starts in the evening. Starts in the night. 12 one. Is somebody with me? Yes, Many times the spirit of God wake up some people around that time. They will just go and ease themselves. In fact, they sleep work. And then they go back to the bed. Ah, your angel is saying that. Ah, Buki. Sorry if your name is Buki. That you, you should have just said something. Because they are watching all the activities going on around you. That this is your moment of victory. But you see, you slept watching Netflix and you are tired. And you are being fleeced now spiritually. And you are sleeping. Sometimes God in his wisdom, he allows them to take light. It comes. You wake up, switch on the gen and go back. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is somebody with me? I will suggest it in the night, if you wake up, pray. Even if it's two, three minutes. Sometimes, as you start, even though you are very tired, the energy of the spirit will carry you. Then you will know. By the time you go back to bed, you might actually see a dream or a vision different from what you have been seeing before. Jesus. But let's stay with... So, let's continue. First Corinthians 14. Of course, we'll finish today. We'll continue for whatever. I hope to finish in the next 10, 15 in Max. Now, look at Paul saying, I would rather that you all, how many of you? This is a wish. If this was only left to the Holy Spirit, Paul would never say, I wish all of you. He didn't say that, I wish all of you would become a miracle worker. But that is a gift that God will give some and some might not have it. Even though, when you pray in tongues very well, the Lord will use you for many things. See, the more you sink into the spirit realm, at times you don't even know which gift you have. Because when you yield to the Holy Spirit, you can use any gift. You can give a word to somebody which is equal to prophecy. You can give a word to somebody equal to word of knowledge because you are fully yielded to the Holy Ghost. You might know your primary gift, but it can function beyond your primary gift. There are people with three gifts of the spirit. Some people have four, some have five. Some have all denied. Why some do <laughs> Hallelujah. I would that you all speak in tongues, but rather that you prophesy. Now, this is where I'm going. Now. We might stop here for a day. Greater is he. Read it, everybody. Wait. One, two, go. Everybody. What is the clause there? Come. Please come, sir. So, Paul is saying that this is tongues. It looks like tongues. <laughs> this is prophecy. This man is taller than him and is actually taller than him. So, this is prophecy. Taller than tongues. Except we give him a seat to stand upon. 
When he stands upon something, he can be as tall as this man. I get what I'm saying. So Paul is saying that when you pray in tongues and you don't interpret, you are, it's an inferior form of prophecy or inferior to prophecy. But if you want tongue to match prophecy, pray for interpretation. When you speak in tongues without interpreting it, it is prophecy not decoded. It is mysteries being spoken but not being interpreted. When you speak in tongues and it is interpreted, you are the level of prophecy. Thank you. Did you get that? Hallelujah. That therefore means that most of the tongues, when they are interpreted, they are equal to prophecy. You are speaking mysteries and you are speaking revelations. Men and brethren, somehow, your eyes of understanding are enlightened more and more as you pray in the Spirit. All the gifts Paul puts together in that verse 10, you seem to be functioning them. The best way to walk in deciding of spirit is to pray in tongues. People pray in tongues as you watch TV. You can easily tell who is an imposter and who is a real minister of God and some don't know. It's not in our nature to pick on people. But many times as you put on your TV, you can tell. Not by guesswork, but because you can discern. People can sound like you're authentic and say a lot of wonderful things, but you can discern. It is in the realm of spending quality time to pray in tongues that this ability is given to you to be able to unravel mysteries. Your eyes are open and then you can discern spirits. Even when somebody is telling a lie, is there like with a straight face, a sweet mouth, yet you can tell that there's something wrong with what this person is saying. Not because you are hearing error physically what he's saying, it's your spirit reacting that there's something wrong here. Hallelujah. I won't say this much like this. One of the, I was a little bit more open to the leaders and they all know the person I'm talking about, but I'll just quote it this way. We've used many venues in Lagos. Many, many venues. We use three venues on Towing Street. So you don't know who I'm talking about. And don't try to guess or anything. But when you talk, I'm Chris, I'm trying to. <laughs> One of the venues that we used, the first time, so a church came beside us. And I've always loved right hand of fellowship. When we're coming here, all the agents told me that, Pastor, the way you are doing, you will never, you will never find venue. I said, just leave me and God. Say so you say you don't want to play where there's a church. I said, once there's a church somewhere, I honor and respect them. Even though it's becoming more difficult nowadays, but because there is a particular church, they're everywhere. I know church. It's a wonderful church. They're everywhere. If you want to avoid them, then you will not get a venue anywhere. <laughs> there are about two churches like that. that there's no corner in Nigeria that they are not. And I'm happy for them. It's a, it's a blessed, it's a man of God. We all honor so much. You understand what I'm talking about? And so I said, you want to do church underwater. <laughs> you know, in my estate, there was a valley yet to be occupied. A valley, marshy land, and government just came to clear the place one time like that. Next time I look at there was no build, no nothing there. I already saw the banner of this church there. They are waiting for the... <laughs> I said, I said, let them come first before you come and preach them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, it's my policy. So when finally, I mean, for a long time, we're the only one. There's a church there now, not too far from here. And our last conference, the pastor came here, and I met him. I mean, I was so glad. He came when Reverend Bolanta came, and I, we, when we come to a place, and you come beside us, we welcome you joyfully. But we don't like going where people are, and then go there. You know, I know some churches are doing a very dirty way. A building and four churches, and all the churches will now start outside. I went to preach in one church like that. So I came down like the usher smiled at me. He thought I was coming to their own place. He thought I was, I was attending, you know. I was very, yeah. But there were four in that compound. One of them invited me and preach. So when I came down, that was a few years back. The ushers, they welcomed me. She was smiling. I just asked her, I saw the which one is, and her face changed. Turn on that one. And they all let me, four of them just walked away. I, I, I just said, this is not Christ. Ah, ah. I mean, you could have just said it. 
You a minute ago you were smiling at me because I, I'm not. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the pastor, I mean, at every body in the morning, and then sound competition. I turn the sound so low. <laughs> I don't believe people victimizing churches for noise, but I believe, uh, as in, I believe also that churches can do something about it. If you attend a building, there's no point putting speakers on the roof. And when you try to tell Christians something, they will not, in UI, as far back as in rest of the I told some people, they thought, we used to meet away from uh, UI Hotel, soundproof the hall. You wouldn't wear anything standing before the hall. And it was the most expensive very They felt well because I was me, that was why I was talking. We had halls in, in the hostels. You are about nine hostels then, all the halls are and all of them, they are like 400, 500 sitter hall. In all, you see, thank God for UI. So some fellowship will meet there and they will put speakers outside. And you have people reading, reading the room. And when you tell someone there, they will get angry. I know. I said, look, you think you are reaching the people. You are annoying them. Reduce your sound. Carry your Bible. Go and meet them in the room. A man will appreciate when you sit down without your shirt down, when you are blasting into his ear. And that's one of them that says, you've been doing this. This person has been there for six years. Have you seen these people coming? Because I used to play ball and I was close to all those bad boys. And I'll be hearing their comment. I don't tell people that see this is not the way. When you reduce sound a little, we'll still hear a little. Nobody will complain that time that you don't need to go. Even though I'm not justifying those who like to attack church because they won't attack some other people who make noise. Yes. Who block road on Friday? There was a governor that said that Christian disturbed the road, but it was going one day and he saw people praying on the road and he turned back to go and take another place because it was of the same religion with them. No, Christians don't complain about those people, you know. Yes. They show me someone who took a dog to go and be. I'm not saying churches should be disturbing people. But can you carry dog to some other places? You know, places I'm talking about. You and your dog will not come back alive. Because of the gentility of Christ, people insult Jesus. And it's not non-Christian. It's some churchgoers who do this kind of thing. Say so that church is making noise. Again, if you are listening to me, I don't believe in a church being very noisy unnecessarily. When we were toying, because we were using a tent and there were houses close by, the first meeting where I was Pastor Nathan and was playing the trumpet, the neighbors were angry and they meeting with them. And I told the chairperson, of, she said she didn't hear anything, an elderly woman. I said, this is just one thing, we will never have a vigil here with instruments. We were there for four years. No vigil. When we had a concert in the night, we took it to water parks. We paid for a venue not as good as our own just for our concert. Because I said that this is a tent. Anything you brew in the night will disturb people. And I don't like it. We had to go and buy very expensive cotton, very thick, to put in the tent to reduce the noise going out. Many Sundays I will pack and walk away from the church and be trying to listen that how many houses are we disturbing. That's why I'm happy here now. We don't disturb anybody. Yeah, we still do. Here, if we do vigil for 20 nights, we have industrial areas here. We don't have any neighbor that will complain. But even at that, when we are praying in the night, I tell them, I still did that on Friday. We prayed on Friday. The moment I entered, the first thing I said to the guy behind the coast, I said, reduce the sound. We're about two, two, three hundred inside there. Must we? I said, reduce. I don't know why we just, I said, reduce. Just let the sound be enough for all of us here to hear. We are not praying for the neighbor to hear us. We are praying there. I know churches need to correct that song because we just, one day I was in someone's house, sincerely speaking. Ah, the speaker was at our front like this. And we were part of the VG. We, I mean, we were, we were part. We did the VG with them. <laughs> but there's another place of, uh, of another religion also where I was staying before. That every Friday also at the front like this and nobody goes to complain. You will hear the old sermon. The old sermon. And then they will block the road. If you if you park, when they start, you have to wait. You can't move your car till they finish. And I've never seen anybody going to challenge them. Yeah. On the way to my house, there are many clubs on the road. When they start, they block road. Even where I stay now, we rather go into my estate through the express because when they block, they block it well. And nobody that's happened for four years now. 
One man of God came around, used the same venue where they drink now, used the all, and there was a partial blocking of, and the following, the letters were flying in. You know, people don't like Jesus. Again, if you are listening to me, I'm not advocating that church should be going around blocking places. But if you are, I just wonder why you only complain when it is church and keep quiet when it's some other. That I don't understand. I get what I'm saying. Yes. The same thing happened during COVID. So you see this attitude in people against churches. They were saying we should do NIM that time. I went to the office. Crowd there. Nobody said anything. But once people gather in church, that is where. So COVID is a Christian who only goes to church. So every other place, if you shut down everywhere, I'm okay. I was forced to do a video that church members should stay at home. So you understand? If you are watching me, you understand what I'm saying? Before the government did that, check, our video was the first. And as far as I can remember, I came here and I quickly made a record and I said, everybody stay at home. I'll broadcast live from here. So I'm not against safety. But once it's your only church you want to focus on, and you leave every other person. It's the same spirit that we are here worshiping. That's how somebody will remember that God does not have factories. Very demonic way of thinking. The same person will drive around all the beer palace in Lagos. It does not talk about Nigeria needing a factory then. When we are worshiping Jesus, then we are the ones why Nigeria is not developing. All of you here, you are going to work on I do understand our two hours here will stop the country from going economically. Well, you know, they say it as people nod their head and see the person is making sense. Last time I was in Dubai was when they were fasting. I regretted going at that time. You will partake with them. There was no single water in any hotel in the fridge, in any fridge in the hotel. <laughs> and they said you cannot hold water on the road. And everywhere I thought, mosque everywhere. But thank God it didn't stop their developments. So when people begin to make statements and they, I know what, I watch on some, some people, some people know that they, they think they are making sense. One day people came on that. The reason why Nigeria is not great, hey, there are churches everywhere. I said, look at this fool talking. It's amazing. How foolish people can be. <laughs> Praise God. Some of you are still going to work this afternoon now. So I don't see how being inside a church for two hours will stop development of, and they sell this, but they don't talk about it's watching football. That was not the very, it's not stopping anything. It goes to viewing center, but that doesn't stop anything. Night of comedy does not stop anything. It is when church meets that they are stopping the nation from the, isn't that demonic enough? So it's like the offshoot of all these things, everything. Everything. Amen. Anyway, what led me to all this? I just want to end. So one of the venues, this pastor came. So I went to say hi to him. One day we're going to have afternoon meeting. We're going to have love affairs. I was supposed to wear red t-shirts. So I was even wearing it for morning. So I went to just say, ah, I learned I just came here two months ago that I've been seeing you packing uh, your people. And I said, oh, you are welcome. I'm the pastor of the church. And just to say hi to him, immediately I saw the man. I knew that this one is diabolica. There was no sign on him to show it, but I just knew. But you know what? Of course, I didn't tell anybody. About two, two, three months after that, I got to office one. I secretary told me that the pastor came to see me, came with somebody. And she said, Pastor, I don't know. I just felt somehow when I saw the two of them that the, the visit was not normal. I said, okay, no problem. He said, he said he will come back. I think it was maybe the same day or two days after, I can't remember, that they both came back. Now, I was just worshipping in the office. And for some reasons, I was led to stop and to come out of the office. I just came out and I saw this man and the person coming. You know, they saw me and they fled. They ran. I almost shouted in the pastor, why are you running? And it was an elderly man. I said, they ran away. And I, I, I said to myself that, you know, no problem. Not too far from here, there is somebody that has a very large car lot. He sells cars. He's a Christian businessman. He grew up with likes of Reverend Sam, but he never went to full pastoring. So people invite him to like Isaac Forum Finance Conference to speak. So one day, when we are big treats, he just stopped by to see me one day. He said he saw our banners around, and he said when he was a young man, he was very committed to God. He said, I'm still a Christian. I pray. I've not done anything wrong. 
I still pray fast and study. Say, I still go and I'm preaching for churches. He said, when I was younger, the number of souls I led to Christ. He said, so I, I'm wondering what is wrong with me now. That I just wake up, pray for one hour, go out to do business. He said, that time, to sleep without winning a soul was a problem. He said, I grew up in Lord, we started you for Christ there. He said, when I saw young people like yourself preach, I said, I will stop by one day. And he started crying. He brought one of the finest, the finest Range Rovers for that time. He just said, so I said, it was a very wealthy man. He said, there's deep dissatisfaction here. He said, I love God more than what I'm giving him now. He said, I don't want to be a Lagos Christian. He said, Lagos is making me to lose something. He said, I'm making a lot of money. My children are abroad and I'm still speaking for choice. He said, but there's something missing. The love, said, first love. And then he gave me some gift and then he left. So we became friends. As in quite older, maybe almost 20 years older than me. We became friends. So I didn't see him for a while. So when we moved to this, uh, uh, one of the places we moved to, so I just saw the man one day. Well, ah, you are no more habitual. I said, yes. I said, no more. This. I said, yes, I we have moved. And I said, ah, where are you now? So I told him, ah. He said, are you beside one pastor? He mentioned the name. I said, yes. Ah, he said, that boy is that <laughs> He said, Pastor, they invited me home and preached for him. He said, what I saw. He said, the only they gave me. I felt God would kill me if I should collect it. He said, in the night, I could not see. He said, in the morning, I called him and I said, I'm sowing this money. I said, sit back to your church. He said, because I don't want to be a partaker of. He said, what I saw. I said, I know, sir. I said, I know. And then, when he left that venue, the person that took over told me of things they excavated from the wall there and everything. And then the person told me that the associate now came back, genuinely that God converted, joined this new church, and told the pastor that all the girls in the church, we slept with all of them. He said, once people entered, he said, we tied them already. This guy was talking. He said, the man, the judge has cut another. He said, he must not even know I'm saying he can kill me. Because he said, look, I'm not blaming him only. All of us said we are part of it together. So when the, that person come and said, I said, I said, from the first day I saw the man, I could tell. He said, I said, I didn't see anything on him beyond the man. It's like when you see a person that is possessed. We don't see all these things in the church. The spirit of God can guide you. I went with this story. There was a time we had some cleaners. Interestingly, they appear to be working with the man I mentioned now. In that venue. I just came out of the office, was praying on the altar, and I noticed at the back of the altar a coal, rice in a conical shape. Somebody will pour raw rice, pour it to make it look like a triangle. Uh-uh. So I kicked it and I called somebody, somebody I used packer and broom to take it. Then I went to the back of the church and I saw the corner. As if the Lord was leading me. Uh-uh. I saw the same rice again. One corner. Then during service, a lady came to me that she entered female toilets and at the corner, they also they put rice. So I told her to sweep everything up. Waited for like another 21 days or so and the person did the same thing again. So I said, Lord, who is doing this? So I told the pastor, I said, I want everybody to pray. Lord, she also is pouring rice in the church and everybody said the same person that they received. So I called my friend, Pastor, who is a prophet. I said, you know, Something is happening that the Lord told me, but I just want to confirm again that I said, well, I won't tell you what the Lord said. He just lied. He said, give me one hour. He just called back. He said, I don't know your choice. I don't know anybody your choice. I said, but there is somebody that he described the person that is doing it. He said, the person is doing it to scatter and hinder the growth of the church. That the person says, satanic agents. I said, no problem. Now, there were two of them, but I didn't know. We talked to other person alone. So when I told the person, one day I just called. And the rice was in the bag. She came for where is the service? And I just said that if I see you here again one more time, it's likely that you will not get to your house alive. I said, that's what I'm saying. I said, we, I said you will have a battle. Now, many of you, I don't talk that way normally, but it came from my spirit. I said, if you come back to do that one more time, it will be your last journey here. On your way home, you won't get to the place where you are coming from. And she started shivering. And then she left. Now, but I think they've told her a number of cycles she must complete. And she had not completed it. Do you know she called another lady and passed the thing to the lady? Or where is they again? I was preparing for the service, just worshiping and praising God. 
I'm like getting up from the office and come out. I didn't hear a voice. And I just felt like something the Lord will speak. I thought the Lord will move you. I just came out. And my, now, there were people already coming to church. My eyes just went to this particular woman. Ah, in my spirit, I just, now, I'd forgotten about the rice. I didn't even know that there were more than one person. In, when I saw the one, what just came to me was rice. Immediately, I knew that it had something to do with it. I just told the spirit man that, stop that lady. I said, take her to one side. Before they search, you were just saying that, I'm sorry, honor me, no, they sent me, I'm sorry. I said, just go. And I told her, I said, if you come back here one more time, even when you are converted, go to another church. <laughs> I said, if you come back here one more time, <laughs> and it's over seven, eight years now, no rice again, nothing. Are you, are, you, are you following me? You know, because of the kind of church we are, that we look like word of faith and teaching, some people don't know that spiritual warfare they are very real. You better pray very well. You wear jeans, you wear suit and tie. <laughs> Demons don't respect suit and tie. <laughs> Be a man and a woman of prayer. Believe me sincerely, honestly, <laughs> before I slept yesterday, I just saw one prophet from a, a celestial church. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was just going through Facebook and the man was talking. He said, You come and say you are, uh, uh, they don't pray in America, uh, they are having results. He said, I know it's shame. <laughs> you know, the man just made me laugh. Very wonderful man. And he was powerful. And he was a teacher. Why get well, a teacher? Don't be, someone then there. I thought you just said, Ah. Uh-huh. He said, <laughs> he said, the white one you are called, he asked no rogu. He said, you, your father married three. <laughs> he said, you are spared. Yeah, you don't have spared. <laughs> it was just funny to me, but very wonderful. Listen to me. People don't know that they practice spiritism in those nations. A friend of mine working for one of the top women in London, she called the guy in the office and told the guy that if you betray me, I'm a witch, I will kill you. That's what the white woman told her. She shook. She said, I see ahead of all of you. Go and check footballers and check entertainers in America. Read the Wikipedia and check what they truly believe, many of them. So those who made that statement... And you know, even if people don't pray, should that be your pattern to follow? Let me tell you the truth. Once a nation has worshippers, Satan will trouble you. If in Nigeria today, we all give up on God, we stop praying, we stop going to church, we stop talking about God, we will have peace. I guarantee you that. For a while. Because exactly what you are thinking is what Satan wants you to think. Once you are serving him, he gives you peace. So that you can say that, see, those who are not calling on God, see them. And that's what some people, some people make a statement. They say, even some unbelievers are better. I don't say such. A Christian can grieve you, can make your life miserable. It is true. You can move from such, but never say some unbelievers are better than Christian. You know what? They might be better in character. But somebody has not shed his blood for them. Or they are, they are yet to come into the place of accepting the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It is true. I honor unbelievers who behave well, who do well. I honor them. I appreciate what they do. I have friends who are not Christian. I love them and thank God for and I'm praying for them to come to Christ. But I will never say this. If a Christian you misbehave, I fix you, I talk about you. But I don't say somebody that Christ died for is inferior, not as good as somebody that has not accepted. Don't make that kind of statement. You can challenge that Christian. You can send the Christian away from you who is misbehaving. But don't follow with a statement that some of them are even better than Christians. No. Some people might be better behaved. But behavior does not even take anybody to heaven. Hope you know. Hallelujah. Let's rise. God bless you. Is somebody blessed already? We are going to continue next week. I told too many stories today. We will get to... When you pray in tongues, you see things. 
and you can see so clearly at times. You are not a prophet. That is what Paul is saying. So that what prophets see by the virtue of their gifts, you can begin to see at least to a large extent where you pray in tongues. Things that prophetic office in Old Testament, they were able to know because they were prophets. You can begin to walk in them when you pray in tongues. You know what? Begin to discipline yourself to pray in tongues. Your number one enemy is your mind. Occupied with many things. You are going from here now to your car at the back. Why not just pray in tongues as you go? Once you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you can pray in tongues at will at all times. You know what? You can be watching a match and praying in tongues under your breath. It will do two things. Number one, you will not likely make silly comments or sinful comments. Number two, even though you are watching a match, the word of the Lord can come to you. The atmosphere is still conducive for God to speak to you. Then do things that will help you. If a message pours you to action, when you are in the car, listen to a message that will let... Many times, I can't listen to some messages in the car for more than 10 minutes. Once they start, it hits me, I begin to pray, so I stop the message and just start praying. I say this by the grace of God. Maybe 79 out of 100 times when I'm driving home in the night, I pray in tongues all the way from church to the house. If I'm going to Ibado, I pray in tongues all the way or I'm playing a message. At times I'm doing the truth. Instead of anger on the road, looking at traffic, looking at everything, you can begin to pray. Many of you now understand that, that it takes them a little bit of effort to get me to allow people to always drive me or follow me. I just like to drive myself and sit down in the car. Or when you are with me, I'm forced to talk with you. If you are sitting down, I have to talk with you. You can't sit down by my side. I'm just praying in tongues. I'm trying to look spiritual. But if I'm alone, I do what I want to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was going to Ibadan one day. From I was going to Abeokuta from Ibadan. I had a meeting at Ibadan. Then two days after, I was going to Abeokuta. There's a place they call Lodo on the way from Ibadan to Abeokuta. I was there. Maybe I was on 130, 140. Um, don't mind me. I've repented a little now. I used to do 160, 170, 180. I've been 180 many times. In those days, if I should drive you, fear will catch you. <laughs> That's how I carried two instrumentalists in each other. They melted in the car. When we got to help, they were going. <laughs> they, they, they came down and said, oh, Lord, thank you. <laughs> and the person did not kill us. <laughs> I learned how to drive in like that. I mean, I, when I first started driving as a teenager, my goal was to overtake every car on the express. I felt like a failure if a car was ahead of me and I could not overtake the car. And 90% of the time, I overtook every car on the road. Somebody saw me one day on the express. I went to report to my parents. He said, I'm going to come back. <laughs> anyway, are you with me? So, I was just wait. I was about to get to this place. I just felt in my spirit that apply the brake now. Honestly, there was no reason for it, and I did. The distance between me and the boy should be like this. One small boy just ran out of the village and ran to the express. Then the mother and the father, yay! I stopped and I told them that if I eat your boy, you will not be scared. When they did that, they threw the boy and started beating the boy. I said, but if the car hit the boy, you won't be doing this. you probably start burning down the car, start making problems on the way. I said, but look at you, sat down there. This boy ran into the express. And now you are beating the boy. I stopped to tell them that. I said, I know you people. You will turn the story around if your boy had died. I said, but this is bad. You should know you are staying close to an express. I'm allowing the boy to run. I am happy, no, sir. I just left there. I said, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. The Spirit of God will guide you. 
it will lead you. Pray in tongues, men and brethren. You always anticipate evil. Sometimes the Lord will not tell you anything. It will just move you. It will move you. One minute you are sitting there. You don't know why you are standing up. Then 10 minutes after you understood that. Oh, thank God I stood up from that place. You are in a meeting. You are just going home. You don't know why you are trying to go somewhere. But you turn back to go home. Only to get out of something is left. This is how God protects his people. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask for grace to be doers and not hearers only. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.